Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family just by being here with me listening to this podcast you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true let's do this together happy friday welcome back i hope you guys have had a beautiful week we are here with the Q&A section from last week. So without further ado, let's get started. We've talked a lot about secondary infertility and how it's so closely linked to unexplained infertility. You've just fallen off that cliff a little bit later in your fertility journey. So a lot of people with unexplained infertility don't know they have it and they start having kids at whatever age, like there's not an age limit, right? Um, But with secondary infertility, you just fell off that cliff after your first or your second baby. But the good news is, is that there's proof in the pudding, you know, you can get pregnant. So it's really just getting back to that healthy state and hopefully a little bit more healthy than maybe you were before with your first or second kid. Because as we talked about before on here, you don't have to be healthy to get pregnant. Pregnancy is not a sign of health. I think it's absolutely crazy that we link that. So we just want to really improve your health and even more so, which is highly likely when you work with me, you'll be a lot more healthy. And as we talked about in the beginning of this epigenetics, what are your thoughts on doing IVF if you are getting pregnant naturally, but having miscarriages? Okay. So if you're having reoccurring miscarriages, unless they know why you're having reoccurring miscarriages and are going to support that with a drug, with drugs, because that's what they do with IVF. There's probably, I wouldn't suggest doing IVF because the IVF isn't going to fix um, the why you're having reoccurring miscarriages. So IVF is literally getting egg and sperm together and putting it back in your uterus. And then your body still has to do all the hard work. So they can support you with like a drug regime. From my experience, reoccurring miscarriages are an autoimmune issue. So for me, my autoimmune issue was so bad, I wasn't even getting pregnant. I wasn't even getting to that stage, even though I was ovulating, making eggs. You definitely want to dig into if there's a known autoimmune issue, especially any thyroid issues that can definitely be contributing to recurring miscarriages. Your egg quality also, so if you do have high inflammation going on in your body, your egg quality can be lowered because of that inflammation. That was definitely my case as well. And then what you would want to do is improve your situation through your gut health. So that's where your immune system is. It's in your gut. 
And so if you are dealing with these issues, you definitely want to find the root cause of the issue and improve it as much as you possibly can. And then if you need the assistance of IVF, but make sure, I would definitely make sure they know why you're having those reoccurring miscarriages, because unfortunately, you know, they're using IVF as like a fix for that. And it's not a very good fix, in in my opinion, in my my humble opinion. (laughs) So I hope that helps. Definitely look into all your normal or your common health issues. You know, we I talk about that all the time because these are the tangible things that you can see in your day-to-day life. And don't downplay anything that is um, like chronic, like happens daily, happens every other day, happens weekly. Like you definitely want to look at those and see how you can improve those. And then usually it trickles down to your fertility. So if you lower the inflammation, all your normal and common health issues are usually the ones that go away first. And then fertility is, in my experience, the last thing to click into place. And I think this has to do a lot with egg quality. It takes three months for your egg to mature. So say you have known gut health issues. You'll want to take one to two months to tackle those issues first. And then from there, it's three months for the best quality eggs. I'm not saying that your eggs can't improve more quickly, but if you are investing in IVF or doing any type of medical treatment, you'll want to give yourself that time to get rid of things first and then allow your body to heal and then go into those treatments or start trying to conceive naturally. I know that most of us feel so time poor with infertility, but in my experience, if you just take the time out, take three to six months to really sort things out you will save yourself time and money and a lot of heartache. Okay, how do you know you're dealing with not putting too much pressure on yourself every month? I think that you will feel it in your body. So your sleep, your rest, you know, are you are you getting eight hours of sleep and then waking up tired? Um, you really want to focus on your adrenal health. That's um, where your adrenals and then your gut, but that's where stress will really get you. And then your adrenals are part of your endocrine system. And at the bottom of your endocrine system are your ovaries. So once again, look back at normal common things. Like, so if you get an intense, like if you get migraines once a week, that's definitely a sign that there's too much going on. Like in the fertility food, we have a me diary and you don't even have to join the fertility food to do this. But if you take the time and map out seven days worth of what you ate, how you slept, your supplements, your stress levels, what you did to handle those stress levels and your exercise. You can get a really big snapshot of time because I think it's like evolution that people like us human beings are like natural forgetters. You forget things as a survival tactic to like keep going on with life, right? Anyone who's done an IVF round or birthed a child or anything traumatic like that, you forget how crazy it was. So you go through it again. So yeah, just keep an eye on all your normal and common issues. And that will be a really good sign. sense. I have heard of it. It's in my brain. Can you give me a little bit more information on what type of product it is? How do you know you have good A quality? You don't until you do an IVF round. So they can test your AMH to see your ovarian reserve. 
but no one can tell you what your A quality is like until you do an IVF round and, you know, you produce the embryos. So for us, my husband was fine. Not that he was <laughs> perfect because in the end, after he changed his diet, his numbers went up by millions, but it was obvious by the IVF round that I had low A quality because our embryos were were poor with, you know, fine sperm. So yeah, that's one of the things that you just don't know. So you want to be not necessarily hyper-focusing on a quality because all the other things that you're going to be doing to improve your normal or your common health issues, uh, tackling your food sensitivities, your stress levels, digging in with functional testing. When you're doing that, your A quality is going to increase with you increasing your overall health. It's a phrase, I guess, that it's a good trigger, right? For us, like that's, that's our ultimate goal is to have good A quality, but you need to be doing all the things for your health and then it trickles down into your eggs, if that makes sense. Ooh, that's a good question. What are your thoughts with the COVID vaccine? Does this affect fertility? Okay, so I just did some research for a one-to-one client because she works in the medical field and has been offered the COVID vaccine. And obviously she's still trying to conceive. So Dr. Ben Lynch has a YouTube clip of him reading out one of, I think it was the Pfizer vaccine. And in that it was stated that you should wait to try to conceive three months after your second vaccination because the fact of the matter is no one knows. They, one, haven't had the time and two, it's it's not really ethical to trial run vaccines on pregnant women. And then a lot of the times, yeah, it's not even ethical. They just wouldn't be able to do it. But I did some research and I looked up some of the pamphlets myself and they have done studies on rats and their small study that they've done on rats, they saw no change in fertility. But here's my personal humble thoughts. This is all opinion. This is not stated on any medical fact. You don't necessarily want to go into the unknown. So if you're here, you're highly likely wanting to improve your fertility naturally, which takes time anyways. So if you choose to do the vaccine, I would highly suggest to wait and give your body time to adjust clear out, do whatever it needs. Everyone's reacting differently to this vaccine. So yes. I would personally wait. It's a very, I know it's frustrating, but it's a very small snapshot of time in the grand scheme of things. And we're not going to know the outcome of the vaccine on live births for years to come. So that that's that part. I would advise just like, you don't want to be a part of that study, whether it's a good, <laughs> good or bad. I'm not saying it's going to have a bad outcome. The other thing that I would say, I've just lost my train of thought on this. I thought I had two points, but yeah, if you're here and you're still dealing with high levels of inflammation and you just don't know what's going on, you want to take time anyways. You need to take that time to heal your body. So maybe just get into your mind of like slowing down. So if you want to take the vaccine, take the vaccine and then just give yourself some time to breathe and don't force it. Don't like do IUIs and IVFs. Just really give yourself time to breathe. 
So that, that, that's my advice on the COVID vaccine. No one knows, no one can tell you. So if a doctor tells you that it's safe or anyone tells you that it's safe, they don't know. So it's not great advice either way. I can't sit here and tell you don't take it because of A, B, and C, because I don't know. Just make sure that you arm yourself with the education and then just think of it from a health perspective anyways. I want to take time to like improve my health. So maybe this is the perfect time I can get the vaccine and I can take three months and just improve my health. And then I can, you know, start tackling fertility again. So I hope that helps. When you want to track your ovulation, find the best thing for you, because obviously there's like, there's a lot of ways to track your ovulation nowadays, right? Like there's things you can put up you medical, like a little like thing that goes up. I think that might be the obvious sense one. There's peeing on sticks, there's temperatures, there's like digital things, apps, there's everything out there. So one, find what works for you. If you, I would personally say, do it for a few months get that knowledge, know that you're ovulating around this certain time always, prove that you're having healthy ovulation. So you can use the prove six. If you go down through my Instagram, or even on my TikTok, I have posts about prove. Uh, There's a blog post on the website that talks about it. So that's almost better information to have than the prediction of ovulation um, because that's what it does. It predicts when you ovulate, but the better information to have is to know if you've had a healthy ovulation. So that will help you determine that because the like 21 day test you do at the doctors is like literally one day and your levels can like be completely different the next day. And you need to have like a range of good, healthy levels. So yeah, do, do what feels right for you, whether that's investing in crazy technology that they have nowadays, or, you know, doing the old fashioned way and doing the mucus and and peeing on sticks. Okay. So you've started cutting out meat, feeling better already and have lots more energy. That's great. If meat doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I would say as long as you're keeping in some of your like eggs, I don't know if you're eating dairy still, when you lean towards more of a vegan diet, you definitely want to keep your levels of B vitamins. You want to keep your eye on that because that's super important for your health and for trying to conceive and your future child. I actually talked about this podcast last time I was live about the oils. We were talking about like rancid oils and like she's a doctor and then it's the bulletproof guy. So no dairy, no eggs. You're probably leaning towards a vegan diet. So you got to be careful with that. Do your research, make sure you're supplementing correctly. They talked in this podcast. It's on the Bulletproof radio podcast. I think it, I forget the title of the name. It's, it's something to do with oils. It was at the end of last year, but they start talking about vegan diets and how that over generations, if you kept being a vegan, that you would actually make yourself infertile. So just be careful. I'm not saying don't do a vegan diet. Make sure it's the right one for you. I know a lot of people feel great at the beginning and then start not feeling great afterwards. So just always watch yourself. Yep, this will be um, up here. Yay! I, I put it on IGTV and it's on the podcast as well. So you guys can subscribe to the podcast and listen to all these here. So yeah. Okay, let's answer these. How big a role does stress play on miscarrying? My doctor told me my stress should not have caused it. Well, I can say that's 
a little bit of BS because how does your doctor know <laughs> not to get on my soapbox or flare up here? Stress can play a huge role on how your body behaves. If your stress levels are so high that they're affecting your adrenals, which is part of your endocrine system that can mess up your hormones. And we just talked about proving having a healthy ovulation, which you need that progesterone to keep going, which is super important in early pregnancy. This is why the they call it the safety zone at 12 weeks because the placenta takes over. Before that, your body needs to be producing that and keeping that fetus there. So stress levels can absolutely contribute to that inflammation, which then that inflammation can contribute to those issues. So maybe he's right in the sense of like um, stress, stress doesn't directly affect miscarriages or like you having a miscarriage, but it can definitely play into the inflammation that's going on in your body. And then that adds up and could potentially cause those issues. Stress is like the silent killer. And I know we all get pissed off when people are like, stress less, just relax, take a vacation, all that kind of stuff. But it's a double edged sword because it's highly likely your stress has contributed to your infertility. And now that you're dealing with infertility or reoccurring miscarriages, that stress is now built on other stress. And so just like builds and builds and builds. So Stress is really important, especially if you aren't on a clean eating diet. So if you're still adding a lot of inflammation through your diet and you have the stress, then that could just really build up. So my advice is first recognize, are you stressed? Are you really overly stressed right now? And if you are, then start tackling that. So not everyone can just go quit their job or completely change their situation. So as we talked about before, this is all about being able to manage life, (laughs) right? Like we are not going to be able to sit on a hill and be Buddhist monks. Like we have to live in this crazy stressful world. And so what mindfulness does and meditation and yoga and journaling and all those things do, it helps you be able to cope with all of life stressors. So I hope that's answered your questions. Don't underestimate stress. Man, doctors are lovely. I love doctors. So how can um, you find out what your food sensitivities are? So you can join the fertility food program, which is all set up to help you find what your food sensitivities are. We go into elimination diet. We talk about autoimmune issues. And if you need to go, you know, into an autoimmune paleo diet, it gives you a lot of tips, guides. So it's really about eliminating. And then after a 30 day reset, you start introducing foods back in and that can help you find your potential inflammatory foods. You also get access to functional testing within the fertility food program. So you can order a food sensitivity test. Obviously, this is an extra um, add-on charge. But if you really just want to kind of skip the elimination phase, remember, not all food sensitivity tests are created equal. And there's not one out there that's 100% accurate, but they are a good guide. And they can pinpoint some hidden ones that Like I've seen crazy stuff like cauliflower and green beans. And in every food sensitivity test I've seen, there is one, if not more of the common, the top five common food intolerances. Go have a look at that. It's really affordable and you can start when you want. It's not like you buy the course and you have to start right away. You get a long-term access to it and you get the community as well. So you have me in there answering your questions. Is there any supplements you should take? Bar folic acid. 
to help stop miscarriages. Okay, first, we don't want to be taking folic acid. You want to be taking the natural form, which is folate, especially if you have an NTHFR mutation or if you don't know you have that mutation. So definitely get rid of the folic acid. There's a great IG post about that. And there's no supplements out there that can help on their own stop miscarriages or increase a quality or any of that. There's also on IGTV, a really amazing visual of water. And I talk about how we use supplements to increase anything and how if we are not eliminating our intolerances, which is either food, stress, environmental, could be anything, what that supplement is actually doing in our body, they are there for support. So unless you're like 80% getting rid of your inflammation, any supplement is highly likely just going to be turned into very expensive pee. So unfortunately, there are just like absolutely no quick fixes. So I hope that that clears that up. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.